hit it. Man, Ime Yudoka is in the hot seat. Ben Simmons finally speaks, and Media Day has us all hyped for the NBA once again. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. Actually, the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. How about you? I'm feeling good, man. Maybe I was just thinking John in spirit, dude. Sammy, how you living, my friend? And I'm trying to get as hyped up as you. I can tell you're ready for this one. Let's go. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm absolutely ready, dude. Unfortunately, I have to start with this Ime Udoka thing, which is absolutely surprising. He gets a one-year suspension from the Boston Celtics because he had a relationship with another employee, and apparently he was making some unwanted comments toward a, toward a female staffer. And later on, we learn that he was having an affair with said staffer and that the way that it was all uncovered was her husband heard a private conversation on a home doorbell camera. Absolutely wild. So a lot of people are speculating what's going to happen to Ime Udoka besides this one year suspension. And one person said like an, an NBA agent believes that Ime's career as a whole might be done completely because of this. I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think is going to happen to Ime Udoka going forward? Based on the feedback we're getting, it sounds like he really might not come back from this, but that just makes me think there is really something that we just don't know. Like that this is far worse than we realize. Right. something's not coming right. out and i respect the team and i respect the you know the privacy of all parties involved that they're not just releasing this information but clearly there's more to this right because you know the reality mm-hmm. is especially in in leagues and in professions where people travel and they're away from home we've we've heard the stories affairs happen things happen but if this was in theory like as it initially came out just a consensual relationship with someone who's obviously not his fiance, then they wouldn't have come down like this. So whatever's going on, if it's that serious, obviously the other teams in the league are going to know. And it doesn't sound like he's going to come back from this, at least not for a few years. But I guess we'll see if or what happens throughout this year and if the team chooses not to bring him back, which it sounds like is the implication. That's how I interpreted it. I mean, did you guys think the same? It's, uh, I thought the exact same thing, Sammy. It's just a very confusing situation because the Celtics, they're not releasing information, yet they're the ones that leaked it when they didn't have to leak it. They could have just said there was an internal issue and they fired the coach because of that and left it at that. But, you know, the information that was released was that it was a consensual relationship with another person that wasn't his wife okay that's not breaking the law that might be breaking your moral code or someone else's moral code but he's not breaking the law and then a few days later there's another you know info being leaked that unwanted comments were being said and when i hear unwanted comments that's when people start to be curious and was this uh harassment was this something of a threat 
and people start going down that spiral and right i know that brad stevens made a comment that you know it's unfortunate that we live in this age of the internet and social media because what ended up happening is people started to get all of the female staff pictures from the celtics employment like website and said is it this woman is it that woman which is totally unfair but it just it's just a situation that sucks yep yeah absolutely it definitely sucks and you know at the end of the day these are like real people dealing with real issues and you hope that it turns out for the best but if we're talking just purely basketball here i mean ime udoka had an amazing year last year coaching and to think that he might be almost like one and done as a head coach i mean that's absolutely shocking and then also you hear earlier in the week we heard the news about robert williams and as well and going into the season yeah like you would have picked them maybe second after the milwaukee bucks in the east at least yeah. and now i don't yeah. even know where to place these guys it it sucks because when we looked at the trend from last year the celtics were beating the best teams all the playoff teams within the last uh or the beginning part of the year they were ranked the best defense ranked best field goal percentage defense ranked the best three-point defensive defense you go into the playoffs you yeah. beat kd you beat Embiid, you beat jimmy butler and then you face the warriors and to go into to the season jun and sammy thinking that you can now add wrinkles to your offense and become that much more mature in the playbook and building more chemistry of what you've done in this amazing year it feels like they went you know five steps forward and then now they're taking like 10 steps back yeah i mean if you look at the last four months for them now they signed gallinari they traded for brogdon they looked like they had this solid eight nine man playoff rotation just sitting there right gallinari towards acl he's out for the year oh that's right yep williams is out for two to three months this thing just happened with udoka like what a downward spiral in three, four months. And it's really going to be more of a test than anyone on this team deserves to see how they respond. And I didn't even capture the beginning of that whole thing, which is they were up 2-1 against the Warriors and people had them favored to win. They blew that series too. And there was all these yeah. questions about Tatum. So there's going to be just this cloud around this team for this season at minimum, I would think. And the only other thing I'll say about the actual Doka situation that tells me there's a lot more to it as well is when this punishment was handed down, did you notice he didn't fight it at all? He accepted it and right. just said, I'm not going to comment on this any further. Clearly, and that means he knows, right? Jay, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And to add on, Sammy, the suspension is indefinite. It's at least a year. That's a good point. Which, <laughs> that's pretty crazy, oh, right, guys? Man. Like. Yeah. You th like, I don't want to compare or oranges to apples, but Deshaun Watson had 24 alleged allegations and he's playing in week nine. Yeah, that's right? the power of Roger Goodell. I'm gonna that's also that. the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm, apples to oranges. But, but no, I get what you're saying. I want yes. to put that out there. It's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely crazy. And, you know, only time will tell with what happens with this situation. You just hope for the best for everyone that's involved. I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons, who was recently on the JJ Reddick podcast, The Old Man and the Three. Um, and, you know, this is the first time we've really heard Ben Simmons even speak. Ever since, what, like a year ago, year and a half ago? <laughs> so I, I honestly forgot what he sounded like, like the cadence of his talk. And, you know, he had a few interesting quotes from this podcast. He said that the Brooklyn Nets are Philly on steroids. And quote I have is the talent we have and the type of players that we have we're going to be able to run the floor easily you know we have clacks who can run he moves incredibly well kev patty kai joe and just got royce another great three and d guy i'm missing people but this team right now is just a great fit for what i do and what i bring to the game i feel like it's philly on steroids kind of in terms of what you what we had when you being jj we're there, and Earson. So, what do you guys think of Ben Simmons saying that the Brooklyn Nets are Philly on steroids? Agree? Disagree? I mean, he is playing with KD. He is playing with Kyrie. The issue was never about the talent, fellas. Like when he says that the talent is uh, like Philly on steroids, no one is questioning the talent in Brooklyn, we've never questioned the talent. What have we always questioned? What have we always questioned about Brooklyn, guys? <laughs> the stability. The stability, the fickleness. If yeah. Kyrie's gonna play because he wants to play. Yeah. We had the whole issue with Ben Simmons, like, supposedly he's healthy, yeah. then he had this back injury, and then he ended up even playing one game with Brooklyn. That's the issue. The uncertainty. Yeah. How the it's best all player ambiguous wanting there. the coach and the GM fired. Continue. Exactly. No, Sammy, <laughs> go ahead. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. No, you're right, man. You're completely right. Like, I will tell you, I literally, after reading all this, went straight to Brooklyn's schedule to see when they were going into Philly. Mm-hmm. When is you it? You can't give an interview like this and then have that back injury pop up for this game. You better be on the court. <laughs> yeah. For this what are, game. What are the odds, Savvy? Our odds guy. What are the odds that Ben Simmons has an injury for this game? Dude, if this was <laughs> almost anybody else, I bet money he was there. But if, if Brooklyn opens up like three and eight or three and seven or something like that. Right? I don't know. You know what yeah. the you know what the bookmaker's term would be for this? off the board because i have no freaking clue what to put on this thing but he you know the one thing i'm excited about with this whole interview at least we know he sounds like he's excited to play basketball again true yeah i mean this is true we have not heard this from him yeah he sounds like he's ready to play he's excited about the team man i want to see him back on the court and i want to see how he responds, he obviously knows that everyone's going to come after him in the beginning of this. And I hope he galvanizes it and uses it to to play his best. I, I want to see that now. The problem is by the time he gets on the court, he's going to have some rust because it's going to be almost, what, over two years since yeah. he last played a competitive game? Yep. Over two years. So I hope his three-point shot doesn't take a drop. 
just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but, but seriously, I do want to see Ben Simmons succeed. And I'm really hyped that he did say it's like Philly on steroids. I like the pettiness. Like one thing that I know about, like, at least with with my group of friends or with us, we know that someone's in good mental health or good a good state of mind when they could kind of like give and take jabs. You know what I mean? And this is Ben Simmons giving a jab, which yep. means that maybe he could take a jab right now. So, but we'll see when the season starts. <laughs> I, I hope it's available for that game. That back better hold up. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk about um, another thing that he said. He wanted to address the alleged phone in the pocket during one of the Philly practices when Doc Rivers, I guess, forced him to practice. Here's his quote here. He said, I actually spoke to Doc before before the practice. And I said, Doc, I'm not ready. Mentally, I'm not ready. Please just understand that. I tried to let him know prior. And he was like, well, I'm going to put you in anyway. I'm like, all right. He told me to get in. I looked at him. It was like one minute into practice. Like, Ben, get in. What do you guys think about... Ben Simmons kind of divulging his relationship with Doc Rivers during this time. I mean, to me, this whole thing and going, this builds into it is finally him just pushing back. Like you were saying, we haven't heard from him in like a year. So this was him collectively just responding to everything that's been said about him, right? For like the last year. And that practice was a big deal. Remember when that story came out? Everyone came after him right away of why do you have a phone in your pocket? Like, why why don't you want to practice? Like, you're getting paid $30 million to do this, so... Yeah, yeah. In one regard, this could be him getting out his side of the story, and the other, Doc's an easy target, frankly. And he probably knows Doc's an easy target. Good point. We, we know J.J. Redick has had his issues with Doc. He had his issues with Doc when he left the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And he said a little bit something about that before, and clearly... Ben Simmons would not have gone on to JJ Reddick's podcast if he didn't think JJ was going to protect him and defend him, right? So, yeah. So those things being said, I get why he did it. Do I think that's the whole story? Probably not. But at the same time, um, do I think Doc's version of the story is exactly what happened either? No. I think it's probably a blend of both. I mean, like, Jay, what do right. you think on that regard? If we, like, reflect on what happened during that that time period we all have to like realize that this was when the Sixers started to find Ben Simmons so it was hurting his pockets so Mm. as a result he went to practice okay so he didn't have to go to practice if your back is hurting that bad and now I'm coming with with a theory which might be super unfair but from my standpoint if your back is hurting that much you're not gonna practice you're not gonna go to practice and maybe you're gonna give a heads up to doc like what he mentioned so i'll give him some credit for this like hey doc my back is not ready but no one could actually push you on the court except for yourself number one number two like you guys said you're getting paid millions and practice comes with the territory are you saying yeah. that you can't go to practice? Like, we come from an era, like in high school, where, sorry, like you have to practice even when you're sick. 
let alone if you're having a bad day, too bad you're practicing. And I know it seems kind of insensitive, but people yeah. have jobs, people pay to watch you play, and they want to see you play in a condition at your all time best. So I don't know. It's hard for me to believe Ben at this point, to be honest, which is an unfair assessment, but I'm on that boat because I haven't seen him playing in a while. Yeah, me too. And JJ, were you saying that like before the pod, you said that it's it wasn't a phone in his oh, pocket? Yeah. So in the, on the J, the JJ's uh, Red X podcast, was it the the three and the old man? I want to give a three, yeah. old man and three. I want to give a proper shout out. Uh, ben Simmons said that it wasn't a cell phone; it was actually a folded T-shirt. So I don't know about that. Do you, but... do we believe this? Folded into the shape of roughly a 5.3-inch screen. Is that how big that <laughs> The same dimensions as uh, the iPhone Pro Max 13 or whatever. And it's crazy. The shirt made sounds and everything every few minutes. Like, tone. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. That I one's hard that. to buy. Yeah. That one's hard to buy. I don't know who folds up a perfect square in your pocket. Like, why, yeah. why are you folding a shirt in your pocket? Why is there a shirt in your pocket yeah, why, is shirt, why is there a phone in your pocket? Why is there a shirt? Uh, sure in your pocket. If you're playing basketball, like, why is there anything in your pocket? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That, thank you, Sammy. <laughs> okay. He also addressed another thing here. He wanted to talk about that game seven where he passed up to Matisse Thibault. And this is his quote here. In the moment, I would have spun, and I'm assuming Trey, Trey Young, is going to come over quicker. So I'm thinking he's gonna come full blown and I see Matisse going. Matisse is athletic and can get up. So I'm thinking, okay, quick pass. He's gonna flush it. Not knowing how much space there was. What do you guys think of his explanation here about why he passed that ball? Uh, I'm gonna say, no good. I'm like, I don't buy it, man. <laughs> I don't buy it. If you're, I, yeah. We, we play basketball. One of the rules is if you have the ball down low, you take it up strong. And yeah. Ben Simmons, he even said on this pod, he didn't like that they started to find him even for weight training because he's the he was one of the strongest players on the Sixers. Yet for the one of the most important plays of the game, he didn't dunk it underneath the, the rim. And I and I I know that basketball, fellas, is an instinctual game. But nah, man, if you're underneath that that rim, you gotta you gotta score. You gotta take it to the rack. You gotta dunk it. Whatever it is. Going along those lines, I think mentally he was playing so passively in that game that that's how he saw the court. And I'm not saying that in a way to defend him. I'm saying that's where his mindset was, so that. It was almost like he was looking at def- looking for a defender intentionally so he didn't have to shoot. Yeah. That's actually how I interpret this. So in his own mind, he didn't do anything wrong. But I think his perception during that game and that game before was just so off mm-hmm. that it have clearly, obviously, affected his on-court performance. Am I reaching on this one, June? I don't think you're reaching on this one. But the thing that like I want to acknowledge is that he said... He would have spun and his assuming Trey Young is going to come over quicker. Like, listen to yourself. Trey Young. Is that a defensive stopper? Is that a rim runner? Is that is that is that a elite blocker? Trey, Trey Young in the key, yeah. Trey Young is going to come over quicker. Like who 
gives a damn, dude. You're 6'9". Mm-hmm. You're 6'9", 215, or however much you weigh. Trey Young is like, what? Like, I, I can't even guess right now. I can't even, 6'2", 6'3"? Maybe, yeah. And like, what, like 200 pounds? If it's soaking wet, he's yeah. probably like 180, right? <laughs> yeah. There is no way. There is no way he's going to do anything to you. Right? He'd bounce yeah. right off you. I don't understand this. You already you already know who's coming over. It's Trey Young. Dunk that. Dunk that ish. <laughs> but I don't get it, man. I don't get it. This is a poor explanation. Like, it pretty much just affirmed the fact that he messed up. He definitely messed up. Another quote here. So basically, he talked about his relationship with Shaquille O'Neal, how he feels hurt that Shaq hasn't reached out. If you're his LSU brother, like you would have reached out by now and been like, hey, you okay? What's going on? And Shaq had a response to this. He said, guess what? Everybody goes through struggles. We all do. Everybody goes through struggles. We all do. But this is the game we play. This is the life we live. We're going to take criticism. They pay us a lot of money. Somehow you have to deal with it. Now I'm going to talk about the mental health thing. I know that's a real thing. And again, this is the first time he's talked in two years. I wish him well. I hope he does what he does. But listen, I come from an era where there's no excuses. Same problem he has. You don't think I had those problems? You don't think every man... The everyday man has those same problems. We all have those problems, but I found a way to overcome and persevere. What do you guys think about this little interaction between um, Ben Simmons and Shaquille O'Neal here? <laughs> uh, you know, I know John thinks that uh, Shaq, whatever he says is 100% truth. And, you know, we, we sometimes disagree with Shaq on this pod. But it's hard to argue against Shaq with his response to Ben Simmons. He's not wrong, man. Like, we've come and we've come. Personally, our era, our generation is just like, we've gone through hardships. Everyone has their own mental health issues. And you can't, it's used as a as an explanation but not as an an excuse you know what i mean guys Mm -hmm. yes so like for for ben simmons like you could hit up i know shaq should have probably hit him up first but you could reach out to shaq first you don't have to wait i hate that like well you didn't call me so i don't have to call you kind of thing right Mm -hmm. like it, it goes both ways man like like relationships it's a reciprocal relationship. It's a two-way street. So I'm all I'm all on board with Shaq. Yeah, man. Just the, this entire interview, everything was just so passive to me. That's that's what I was saying earlier. Like, mm-hmm. just the thing that concerns me about everything he was saying is it feels like he's not taking an active role in addressing this stuff. And like you said, man, mental health is a big deal. I'm not minimizing it. We all we all deal with it, but you know, knock on wood, he has the resources to, to get that help and mm-hmm. to reach out to Shaq and like to do what he needs to do. And I sincerely hope, it sounds like he's in a better place now. I sincerely hope he started that path, but it's just like, why do you have to point 
point that out like that. Like, you easily could have reached out to him. And we hear all the time that Shaq truly seems to be this very, you know, philanthropic guy who wants to help people out. Like, he would have helped you. I honestly believe that. He would have done what he could. But how does he necessarily know that you're expecting him to reach out? Like, I, yeah. I got to side with Shaq on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there, there's, like, no way... I could really support Ben Simmons on this one. And the reason being is because, like, Shaq is like your your brother, but he's also not your literal brother. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm -hmm. a homie, right? And if you're going to reach out or expect a homie to, like, like really hit you up when when you're not saying anything when you're down, like, it's, it's kind of... I don't want to say absent-minded, but it's kind of... Uh, I can't find the word for it right now. It's Dude, almost like blissful thinking, you know? Yeah. Wish, mm -hmm. It's wishful thinking that someone would do that for you. And mm -hmm. if you really wanted help, you just reach out, man. Yeah. I, I'm sure Shaq would have done it for you. And that's the way that, like, the world operates, you know? Like, even at the workplace, dude, no one's going to stop by at your desk and be like, hey, are you okay, man? Like, no, you got to say it. Be like, I'm having a bad right. day. And that's, that's what Ben Simmons should have done. But anyway, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsors. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Fellas, lately I've been listening to a lot of New Edition, the original boy band, and it's been great. <laughs> One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. All right, boys. There's some media day highlights. It's been, was it all of today and yesterday? Yeah, the last two or three days. Yeah. And you know, we have some some quotes to go over here. The first one I want to talk about is Zion Williamson. If you haven't seen what Zion Williamson looks like today compared to last year, I think there's a drastic difference. And what Zion Williams is saying is saying that he feels quicker, stronger, faster are you guys buying or selling this quote from zion i'm buying it i mean he looks great but looking great is different from playing great and being injury free so i wish him the best this season because we want to see zion compete agreed man i mean he does look better uh i know we saw some side by sides Mm -hmm. compared to last year he definitely looks like he's really toned up he looks like he's in good shape so i i hope it's the case man i want to see this pelican squad could be just super intriguing they could be one of the biggest wild cards in the whole league with the 
talent they have on it. And obviously he's the centerpiece, so I'll buy it for now. I hope he's healthy and I, I hope we get to see it this year. So I'm with it. Yeah, and another another piece of news about the Pelicans here is that CJ McCollum has agreed to a two-year, $64 million contract extension that'll run through the 2025-2026 season. And does this kind of signal to you guys that the Pelicans are just fully in on Zion being healthy and fully in on this team? I think so. I mean, they probably they pretty much laid that bed when they gave him that extension, right? You might as well put the pieces around him and go from there. I, like, I, I think this is one of those contracts like a lot in the NBA where the last year of it's going to be pretty painful, frankly. Right. Um, but I, I get why they did it. I mean, you've clearly, you've played your hand. Like, this is your team. So, I, I don't fault it. JJ, is yes. CJ McCollum worth it? One. And two, Pelicans, are they title contenders this year? Is it worth it? Well, in his in the Pelicans case, they had no choice. So for them, they had to do it like what Sammy said. So is he worth over, what, $32 million each year? Uh, I don't know. He's 31, so by the time this contract ends, he'll be 35. The good, about, the good part about CJ's game is that he's a shooter and that transfers well while you age. And True. with Ingram, you have Zion and a few of their other key role players. It could be a very intriguing team like what Sammy was saying. So, I mean, I know that the Rip City fans might feel a little jealous. Props to the Busted Bucket, <laughs> Tim. If you're listening, don't cry in the shower. I hope the Blazers will be fine. So I think you got to answer one more question. What's that? Pelicans, title contenders. Yes or no? No. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. It's probably yeah, not, not this year. Not, not this, this year. year, right? Not this year, yeah. Thank you, Sammy. Like this, this contract signals to me that they have the building blocks to eventually have a title contender, but there's still like at least a piece missing. And a big piece of that is whether or not Zion can stay healthy. Um, okay, back to media day. Kevin Durant has a quote here. He said, it was a lot of uncertainty around our, around our team last year. I committed to this organization for four years last summer with the idea that we are going to be playing with that group. What do you guys think of Kevin Durant talking about Kyrie and James Harden in this way? I mean, Sammy, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That he's kind of putting the blame on the Nets and not taking any responsibility like hey i signed the contract but it was supposed to be with my boy james and Kyrie. yep completely yeah yeah and he's completely glossing over the fact that one of them played 20 games and the other one clearly <laughs> phoned it in and by his own words whether he's exaggerating or not is for you to believe but one of them lost 100 pounds this summer which means that he had 100 pounds to lose while he was in brooklyn yeah. so, oh, we'll, we'll, we will definitely get there we'll, we'll get there right get yeah that so one. it's just 
The, everything going back to this whole summer is KD not taking responsibility for anything. So yes. I can't get past that part, man. Especially about whether or not he's going to ask to get traded again. If this team opens 10 and 15 or 10 and 20, in one regard, I'll hate it because I want to see what they look like at full strength. On the other, man, I'll, I'll need my own burner account to follow what goes on on Twitter with these three. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to add one thing. Uh, Jun, I like the, the verb that he chose, committed to this organization, yet he requested a trade. Yes, and we're going to get to that one. He, uh, he was asked if he'll put in another trade request if the Nets struggle. And he said, quote, I don't feel like I got to prove anything to Net fans after three years. I'm committed to moving forward with this team. If you've got doubts, that's on you. What do you think about Kevin Durant's uh, soft and buttery and butterflies and rainbow kind of response <laughs> to this question? There's been a lot of self-affirmation from him lately. Have you have you guys noticed that? Yeah. Like even and there was another part of this press conference where he said something like he was asking about if he was upset whether or not got, he got traded, and his response was something along the lines of, "Well, I know how good I am. I wouldn't just trade me either," or something like that. Like no, I don't, I'm exactly. paraphrasing. Yeah, it was a yeah. spot on, Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like we know how good you are. We get that, man. You don't necessarily have to keep plugging that in all the time it feels like it goes back to the same reason he's on these burner accounts like we know this guy is uber talented but just so insecure and it just it radiates every time he talks to me i don't know if you guys agree with that but that's how it comes off to me i mean why mention that you don't have to prove anything to net fans right that's the whole reason that you went to the nets to prove to the world that you you have to win without the warriors you're not yeah. proving the Nets fans, you're proving the other <laughs> NBA fans in the world that you could win. Why didn't you just say anybody? Just say anybody. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Yeah, why do you have to even go after the Nets fans? Because they you went after go, you? You gotta go after your own group. Yeah. I want to say shout out, though. Shout out on the balls of whoever asked this question. Like, hey, are you gonna ask for another trade request if you struggle? Like, that's... That's some huge balls there to ask that question. <laughs> Loved it. Kyrie. Kyrie has a quote here. He said, I lost a hundred million to be unvaccinated. Thoughts, gentlemen? I don't even know where to begin. Um, he kind of... My impression is that he's, he said this in terms of like he was like a soldier and he's or he's a martyr and this is his badge of honor. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people that did die from COVID. So I want to be sensitive about this issue. I mean, why bring it up, man? Mm-hmm. You already made millions. You're already a, a effing millionaire. I think at this point, dude, I'm, I'm holding back with what I'm saying. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. I'm going to move on to the next one. I don't think we need to say anything else about this comment. LeBron James. Okay. This one was actually pretty funny. Basically, they went up to LeBron James and they're like, hey, I want I want you to, to know that we've been asking all of your new team, all of your teammates and new teammates 
what their favorite LeBron James highlight is, like of all time. And he basically said, like, you wouldn't believe what Pat Bev said. Pat Bev said his favorite LeBron highlight is when he blocked you at the rim. <laughs> what do you guys think of Pat Bev and his response to uh, what his favorite LeBron James highlight is? That, that sounds exactly like what Pat Bev would say. I, I will start by saying that much. This is this is Pat Bev. Always self-affirming, man. I'd love to actually see him play with KD. Just because God knows how KD would respond if Bev said the same thing. Like if he said <laughs> it was the time he blocked Durant. Could you yeah. imagine that? KD might request a trade right then and there. Like in the middle of the press conference. <laughs> like I, I expect nothing less from him. But I also think this is just an element that he intentionally wants to inject into that locker room. Like a little bit of humor, a little bit of intensity, a little bit of ragging on these guys because clearly they weren't happy last year. So if it works, awesome. I mean, good for him, but it is pretty funny that he outright picks that as his favorite LeBron moment. So I'm not mad at it. JJ, what do you think of this? I'm not mad at it. Just be careful because GM, as John would say, would trade you. I know I love LeBron James' response. He's like, man, what's what's wrong with Pat, man? He got yeah. issues. But he was laughing throughout yeah. the entire thing. Like, it yeah. was completely expected. He took it as a joke. It wasn't like a serious, like, oh, F this guy. He was like, yeah, that's that's my dude. That's that's a type, the type of vibe, vibe I got. Um, James Harden, his quote during media day said that he lost, quote, 100 pounds. Tweet that. Right now, James Harden is officially listed at 220 uh, at 6'5". What do you guys think of James Harden uh, apparently losing 100 pounds? <laughs> I mean, damn, that's a lot of weight. Obviously, I would hope that he's joking. One of the best parts of his game is his strength, which I found very underrated when he was in MVP form. But, you know, the thing that I did want to highlight is that his hamstring issues and how he came into last season like out of shape, I thought it was because of his weight. So if I'm a Sixers fan and I'm reading this, I'm gonna be happy. So right. makes me feel if I'm a Sixer fan, I'm you know, I'm stoked for this. What do you think, Sammy? I agree, man. It's it clearly we saw him putting the photos out uh, intentionally in the summer to show that he was working out. The, he's clearly a lot thinner. I, I would assume that he heard all the talk over the last two years and he actually cares this year. And he's also playing for a contract. And nothing Ooh. motivates like playing for one more contract. Yeah, So absolutely right. I will not take John's stance that he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. <laughs> but but I do think I think he'll play a lot better this year than he has the last two. I think he'll be a little faster than we've seen in the last few years, and maybe a little more aggressive as well. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm yeah I'm kind of drinking the juice on this one mm -hmm. a little bit because he does look thinner and he looks like he's like he's more focused than ever. Like I feel like. The last two years, when he would have, when he would have these like press conferences and stuff, he would just be going through the motions and saying stuff that like people just want to hear. 
but now he he looks the part so that's encouraging Giannis Antetokounmpo was asked who he thought the best player of the world was and he said do I believe I'm the best player in the world no I think the best player in the world is a person that is the last man standing I believe the best player in the world is Steph Curry until the next player what do you guys think of Giannis' well, response well, here? Well. I'll let JJ bask in the glory of this quote before I <laughs> before I say anything. JJ, what you think? I mean, you know, if I'm being unbiased, I think Giannis is definitely the most dominant player. He would be rank one with Steph, two, three, and within that range. But I think it's still like, you know, when we play ball it's always king of the court right you've played that role king of the court that means that you're the best if you're the champion you're the best we measure our heroes in the nba by their championships jordan kobe the list goes on and you know so i think it's cool that Giannis gives a shout out to steph because steph i think gets a lot of hate a lot of criticism even though he's really good and like we're we weren't you know i want to mention quickly mention the espn top 100 players that steph didn't even crack the top three so i thought it was cool that Giannis could you know give a shout out to the defending mvp champion steph right Curry. right say so, I, I like it for that reason i do think there is a legitimate sincerity in it but i also think that Giannis is one of those guys that will draw motivation even if it's internal Yeah. Uh, at all times. And I think one of those ways he draws motivation is saying to himself that he is not the best player in the world because that continues to give him motivation to improve. Great point. Yeah, and I, I like think that. the last few years, like we've seen his game develop so amazingly, right? Between the ball handling, the, the shot is getting a little better. I think this year he's gonna come in and no one's been talking about it, but I just have this feeling he's gonna be a not like an amazing outside shooter, but that progression we started to see last year is going to get better and better where he's legitimately a three-point threat because that's the next step in his game. And I think things like this are just motivation for him. So I definitely think he was trying to, uh, you know, show show love to Steph, but at the same time, I think he also said this for himself too. Do you guys like the, like, on a personal note, do you guys like when the superstars are more like humble, like... I'm not the best, like Steph and Giannis, or do you prefer the Katie Kyrie route where I am the best? You have to pick Katie and Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, or, those are the worst examples, yeah, I think. Who, okay, Katie and who then? <laughs> Katie and LeBron. I'd say LeBron. Um, yeah, Katie and LeBron. I, this might be the old school in me, man, but I've always preferred the humble player. I just always <laughs> have. Yeah, it's a, like, and I get that. MJ, like Jordan is the ultimate competitor and there's no way he would ever say anyone was better than him but there's something about Giannis like showing that respect that I just appreciate personally so that's my preference June nope nope I nope. want rivals I want rivals I want heat I want conflict I want comedy like if you're gonna give me an example I think that Pat Bev quote is amazing if they were on opposite teams it would have been hilarious right yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of an example here. Shaquille O'Neal. You didn't enjoy Sacramento Queens? That I'm not quote. saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm saying 
my personal player. No, I love rivalries too. Don't get me wrong. Continue, continue. But Sacramento Queens is something I will always remember. No offense, Kings fans. Uh, no offense, Kings fans. <laughs> calm late, down. Calm, calm down. It's too, a joke. It's a joke. Sacramento. It was so long ago. It's okay. But I, I like the rivalries. I like. I like. I like it when people get in each other's grill like not like overly aggressive where like you think like an actual fight's gonna happen Mm -hmm. little jabs here and there i love it dude i think we're getting a little too friendly in the nba sometimes twitter burner accounts for everybody yes love it (laughs) (laughs) put it in the cva (laughs) yeah jj what what do you think i don't know man like i i have i'm a fan of athletes that do both like jordan was super cocky Kobe was super cocky, mm. but I love Steph. Joe Montana was humble. Yeah, you know, like it goes both ways. I guess it depends on your personality. Like, like Katie, That's true. I feel that the way that he comes off, I don't like it. So it's not genuine. Even though he is one of the best, like I feel it's forced. It doesn't come from confidence. It comes from insecurity. Yes, that that yeah. That, that's see, a great way to put it, man. That's also, why I don't mind it from LeBron. LeBron is super confident about it, but it's not confidence in terms of arrogance. It's just understanding yeah. how good he is. That, that I don't mind at all. I appreciate that. Yeah. And like, he's not funny. Like, I have a problem if you're not funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it just sounds weird to me. It sounds like you're you're trying too hard, right? Anyway, yeah. I'm going to move on from this topic. I'm, I'm going to actually talk about DeAndre Ayton here at Media Day. He was asked about his new contract and his initial reaction. He kind of gave like a brief, somewhat cryptic response. He was like, I was happy. It was all done, I guess. And that was it. (laughs) That's the quote about getting millions of dollars over four years. What do you guys think of DeAndre Ayton's, I guess, reaction to this uh, question here? Well... Going back to the topic of bad off seasons, what we talked about with Boston. Right. Yeah. Hello, Phoenix. Yeah. And did you see just the comments at their entire media day? That team's morale looks terrible. There was said that the only time anyone smiled during a press conference was when someone made a joke about Devin Booker being on the cover of 2K. Like the whole team apparently oh, looked man. just disinterested Chris Paul didn't have great things to say obviously they had to address the whole Sarver situation mm-hmm. Aiden clearly did not want to go back and clearly he was upset that they just would not give him the five-year max he knows what they did they wanted to save a year this was like Sarver as it turns out his last stand before he was gonna sell the team he he went cheap and Aiden was the the guy who paid for it so he's he's pissed I don't blame him but it's just, he if he's not going to hide it like this, doesn't it seem like this team's morale is just going to not be good all season, especially until the team sale is completely done? That's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, man. Like, I know there's a, I disagreed with some of the takes that were said on the last pod that it's not going to go into the locker room. I think it is, and we just saw it today, man. Like... Horrific game seven. Horrific. Like, we were all together and we saw that. And our jaws were dropped that whole day. And we're like, 
they are getting their ass kicked. Like embarrassing、yeah. at home. Okay. So, in an off season where they should have just like tried to build morale, you have this whole Aiden situation where Sarver goes cheap, like Sammy just said, once again, no surprise, he goes cheap. You have、uh, Jay Crowder now asking for a trade. Yep. And then it's just like, you know, they're trying to become better, but it's like all these things are happening. It's like, can you really be happy? Can they really progress? Like, it just seems really bleak, Jun and Sammy, and I don't know, man.、Nope. I don't have hope for the Suns. They're very talented, but they could be like how they've been doing, like the Jazz. Like, great regular season record, but when it comes、mm-hmm. to the playoffs, where's D Book, where's Chris Paul, Aiden was absent. Yeah. And second round exits. Uh, this is probably an unpopular thought, but I feel bad for Chris Paul, man. Like, to really get that close and still have young players on your team, a good coach, and to just have it kind of like crash around you, and it's not even really your fault. For the like, second time, too. But go ahead. Right, the second time. It's absolutely horrible for Chris Paul, man. And now I'm questioning is, is he really ever going to get a ring? And I don't think it's going to happen, at least not with the Phoenix Suns. Apparently, Mark Spears said、uh, the Suns Media Day was the saddest、Dude. he's ever attended. And he's been to like. He's、How、been、long? doing this for like 30 years, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's. Uh, I. A small gambling tidbit for all our friends out there. Please, please, for now, I will eat my words if I'm wrong on this. Do not bet on a Celtic Suns finals. Just you heard it here first. <laughs> do not set your money on fire. It's true. Just a small tidbit from your local gambling aficionado. So please I, continue on. I, I can't wait when,、uh, Sammy, we cover the over and unders and we cover、yeah. the Suns and Celtics.、That'll、absolutely. Absolutely. That's going to be super interesting. Brian Windhorse. Said that the Suns Media Day、um, was basically like a dental office waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Phoenix fans. This is absolutely awful. But anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's podcast. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, even though we had these stories that were Debbie Downers, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great still. Good night. Absolutely. <laughs> Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. Boston and Phoenix fans, I, I am sorry if you just don't want to watch basketball anymore this year, but <laughs> get a league pass, watch everyone else. And remember, friends, vote yes on Prop 27. No, this is not sponsored by any political affiliation. Thanks and good night. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.